Welcome to Book Talk for Book Talk, a literary podcast where we have been deep diving into your favorite novels. This is Jack. And I'm Amy. This summer, we are talking to some of our and TikTok's favorite authors. In our Summer of Love series, we'll be chatting with best-selling authors about their books, characters, and more. Explicit language, as well as themes of sex, violence, abuse, death, and depression will recur throughout this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Kate Golden lives in Los Angeles, where she works full-time in the film industry, developing stories with screenwriters and filmmakers. A Dawn of Onyx is her debut novel, and the first in the Sacred Stones trilogy. In her free time, she's an avid book reader, movie fanatic, and functioning puzzle addict. An embarrassing L.A. cliche, she likes to hike, brunch, and go to the flea market with her husband and her puppy. Welcome to the show, Kate. Welcome. (laughs) Although I don't think it's a cliche because we do the same thing and we also live in L.A. (laughs) (laughs) I also had a lot of people tell me that like I have that sounds like a um, like she likes pina coladas and long walks on the beach. (laughs) I was so long ago. I have to change it. I connect with it. I, I relate. So <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> okay, great. Then it's it's doing its uh, its job. Yeah. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us. Just kind of giving our audience a little background. We, I mean, we saw your book on TikTok a couple times being referenced and everything. And, you know, it's always been on like the TBR, but then you reached out and then Amy and I read your book and... Official obsession began, uh, <laughs> so so freaking happy about it. I know, I know it's been. If it's not, if it's on your TBR, guys, you have to go and just put it to the top of the list. Like, go read it now. There's oh, no. This is not. You. This is not a TB. This is a R. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's so kind. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so glad that you reached out to us and you were like, "Please read this." And we're like, "Okay, <laughs> we'll read it <laughs> happily." Kate, you know, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself and how or when you got into writing. Yeah, uh, totally. Well, okay. First of all, I mean, thank you. Thank you guys so much for for having me, for reading it, for all the kind words. Let's see. Okay. A little about myself. I feel like it was covered pretty well in that bio, which now I'm starting to come around to because I'm like, I am from LA. I do like, you know, I do work in Hollywood. Um, but that, uh, that pretty much, you know, sums up me. I was not an author uh, until very recently. I didn't go to school for it. I went to school um, in New York to study film um, and spent, you know, everything post-college up until now um, working on stories in that capacity, you know, working at a studio in movies um, and television. And then it's kind of a, a funny story. And I, I allude to it a little in like the acknowledgements of the Dawn of Onyx, but I basically like I think a lot of people became obsessed with fantasy romance during the pandemic. I was always like a huge reader, you know, the kind of like person that from, you know, nine, like always had a book on my bedside table and often fantasy and often romance, but not the the blend. Yeah. Um, which I think it happened to a lot of people. I feel like during the pandemic, I don't know if it was TikTok or what. I feel like it's a newer genre too, the the yeah. fantasy yeah. romance where it's like I can have the best of both worlds. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. For me, it wasn't Akatar, although of course then Akatar really like solidified it. It was Outlander, which I guess isn't fantasy, but it felt, you know, there's yeah. like a magical realism, you know, she jumps through time. Mm-hmm. And then a discovery of witches, like some of those books. And then it was, you know, the whole SJM world. And then I had like a terrible, a terrible book hangover. I couldn't find anything that was like 
you know, scratching the itch. Um, There was a lot of stuff that, and there's nothing against either of these things. It's just, as I'm sure we all know, it's like mood readers. It just wasn't the thing I was looking for. But there were a lot of things that were like really great spice and kind of there was no plot. Mm -hmm. And then there was a lot of stuff that was like great epic fantasy and nobody was kissing. (laughs) It was like these, this, neither of this is what I want. Neither of these are what I want. So I was on a, a trip with my, you know, then fiance, now husband, and was venting about it because I brought like 15 books for this five-day vacation and started – read one chapter of each, was like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And then he was like, well, you work in story. Like, write the thing that you – what do you want to read? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just sort of like jokingly – or like not jokingly, but for fun, came up with a premise. I was like, okay, here are my favorite things. I love when these things happen. You know, I love a, a strong female character who has to become strong. She doesn't just start strong. Like I love Katniss, but I wouldn't be Katniss. Like I wouldn't just come out of the gate, you know, like hunting for my family and yeah. throwing myself in front of people. Like I would – I have panic attacks. Like I would be <laughs> anxious and freaked out. So I like characters like that. Was like I love you know uh, the guy who seems like he's a monster, but really he's you know like you know you like to my fiance like a, a loving, thoughtful, patient man, not you know like a crazy rage raging yeah. asshole. And so I started just like coming up with this story, and then was having a lot of fun and didn't want it to be over. So I wrote it, and then once it was finished, I didn't want anyone to see it because I was like, this has got to be crap. Like for sure, this is insane. And I shared it on the beta readers subreddit mm, okay. just to like find somebody to, to take a look and tell me how much it was crap and was surprised by a decent amount of very kind people saying, you know, I think this is actually, this is pretty strong and here's some notes and some feedback. And I worked on it and then, um, this is really, this is the long version, but, but essentially then I decided like I, I wasn't ready to, you know, tell my employers, like I didn't want people to know that I was writing, you know, like smutty fairy stories. So I self-published it under a pen name. Um, Around that time, by the way, sent it to everyone, including you guys and anyone that I could. I was like, read this book, you know, it's a real book and was really surprised by the positive um, reaction and then ended up, you know, finding a a home at a a publisher and and the rest is history. I love that your solution to fixing your book hangover is to cause <laughs> that to other people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, oh no. <laughs> you're you're paying forward the book hangover basically. Yeah, it's like that those horror movies like you give the curse to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, like, it really cuz it hits it hits all of the parts that I need. Like it's just such a oh. it checks off the boxes. So, I mean, I love hearing the the origin of that and the fact that it was a brainstorming session between you and your husband. Is there was there a moment when you were just like Arwen? That's you. Like I, I like you connected with her because she's so real in so many ways. Like she's just she's not she's not a trope. She's not like just some mm-hmm. random character. She's not two dimensional. She she's real. You know what I mean? And is there yeah. a moment when you're like I like this is her. This is her story. I want to tell. Yeah, I think. I I think it was not so much on that trip where I was like, here are all the sort of tropes and moments and things that I like, but it was when I actually sat down to start writing because I, I sort of also don't like those characters that feel like, you know, overly tropey, or I think the term is Mary Sue or, or, you know, not so much that they have, they can't be, 
I, I like a, a flawed character, as I think a lot of people do, because mm-hmm. you see yourself in them. But I also didn't want to write me because I'm, if anything, I'm Mari. Like I'm very type A and if you can't already tell, like a little chatty. So I also like didn't want to write myself, but I think I've, I've found her and understood her when I understood her childhood, as I think mm-hmm. you do with like a lot of characters. I was like, okay, here's a girl who never in any you know aspect of her life, not romantically, not with her parents, not with her siblings, not even in her career, like has felt seen or understood or taken care of. Yeah. She has always had to be that for other people. And whether that's born out of, you know, a childhood of abuse or because she, it's some of it is self-inflicted because she sort of told everyone like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Let me take care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly you're looking at someone who's 20 and sort of like has not really hasn't done a lot of the work that, that she needed to, to be happy or to be secure. And, you know, I think once I understood that I was like, oh, I totally, I get this person. I know where she needs to go. I know why she hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. I know who will need to help get her there. Um, and then I think the only thing that sort of, I mean, we have some things in common because I think, you know, Arwen has a lot of sort of like unwavering positivity, which I, for better or for worse, sometimes will have. I'll be like, it's going to be fine. Everyone's yeah. like, no, everything's on fire. I'm like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> but also, you know, she she suffers from panic attacks, which is something that I have dealt with since I was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like a dramatic sounding thing. It's just like a, you know, a, you know, strange balance of chemicals in my brain, but like, I will just get them and they're the worst. And I never, except for actually in a discovery of witches, I haven't read any books about characters, female characters who, who have panic attacks like mm-hmm. um, she does. So that was another part where I was like, okay, I really understand this person. Cause I see myself in them in that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it took, it took a beat. I had to kind of start writing to find her. No, it makes sense. Uh, especially. And I think the, like the way that you described it, hope we were recording. It could have been during our pre-talk. We had a great pre-talk before this, guys. Uh, but you say that you didn't want her to just start off strong. Oh, yeah. Like Katniss, yeah. like out of the back, like, yeah. out of, you know, and you can see her build strength. And I'm going to try to allude to things without people, without giving away too many spoilers. <laughs> but what I like is that she gets strong physically, but doesn't master it right away. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like she can put up a good fight. But, you know, a couple months of like learning a few things doesn't mean you're suddenly going to be a master of it. Like there is a real build there. Totally. I mean, we all like love Aelin. Like we love a like badass, you know, destroyer Mm -hmm. of worlds, like conqueror of, you know, whatever. Um, And even Feyre, like if we're sticking with the Sarah Mass sort of space, like she's a really strong character. Like you meet her and she has taken care of her sisters. You know, I also don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't read. Oh no, don't worry. This audience has. So (laughs) (laughs) I figured, but you know, she, she's taken care of her family from the get in the, in place of her mother. And when, you know, that wolf breaks into their house, like she's the one with her, you know, butter knife pointed at him. Like she's a strong character too. Mm -hmm. And, and so is Bryce, you know, like all of these Mm -hmm. women and a lot of the women that I think populate fantasy novels in general, are sort of like really tough and really strong. And that's one of their, what's so impressed about them. And I think I was a little like, I just want to see someone get there. Like I want to see somebody grow to that. And I think that that's an interesting journey, you know, and it's tricky because sometimes, you know, I'll see people who talk about, you know, a Dawn of Onyx. They're like, I love this book, but you know, the main character, like she's so naive, like she's really, she doesn't, she sees everything so black and white And I'm like, correct. (laughs) Like, yeah, she does. She's grown up in a town of probably like less than a thousand people. Like, I don't think she's learned a lot about the world. So 
I like for me, I was excited to see her grow, mm-hmm. but that also you have to sort of have faith that your audience will like want to stick around for that because sometimes, you know, it can be disappointing that like she isn't the one, you know, killing people and taking names, you know? So you have to like, you, you just have to tell your readers, you know, through some kind of subtext, like she'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or don't worry. Have faith, have faith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? For Dawn of Onyx, you have over 11,000 reviews on Goodreads. Last we checked, continues. it might be more now, to be it honest. It might be more now. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's still growing. And that's really, really impressive for a debut novel. So obviously you're doing something right. Readers have connected with the story and with Arwen, even if she starts out weak and, you know, very narrow mindset. So that being said, what do you feel like, what was the magic sauce that you think drew people in? I mean, you obviously, it seems like you didn't expect it based on, (laughs) based on your journey. But um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Maybe like what are the um, things that people have said that they relate to the most? Yeah. 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 Um, well, yeah. A couple things. I mean, it is, it's funny. You mentioned the Goodreads reviews because I remember when I self-published it and sent the book to, you know, book talkers and bookstagrammers mm-hmm. and made TikToks. I had told myself, I mean, this is so, this is the previously mentioned type A craziness that, that was discussed, but I like looked up a lot of my favorite books in the genre. And I looked at when they came out and how many Goodreads reviews they had. And I was like, okay, it seems like in, you know, a six month period, if I can get a thousand <laughs> reviews, that will have meant that my book did well. Right. And we did the I, same is, thing with the podcast. We did the same it's thing like with the comment, podcast. Okay, it makes me feel less alone. Well, no, I'm like, absolutely. I need a barometer of like, if this is legitimate, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay, that makes me feel so much better. Anyway, so I was like, okay, here are books that I loved, that I devoured. And in six months of being out, they got a thousand review, like ratings. Like yeah. that's great, a thousand ratings. And actually I just hit, it came out December 15th. So six months would have been June 15th. So like 10 days ago. And and obviously it has more than that, more than a yeah. thousand. So yeah. like I, you know, I've been totally floored by it. I like am totally surprised and and just over the moon. I mean, like so happy more so, and this sounds phony, but it's so true. More so not because like, oh, my book's successful. People like my book because it's not. And there's books that have, you know, a million, like it's not, it's yeah. all relative, but more so because I'm like, oh my gosh, at least 11,000 people like read this and, and, and enjoyed it. They had a great yeah. experience yeah. or hated it, but still like had some kind of positive experience because they, you know, read it mm-hmm. and it feels really, there's a, a wonderful feeling of like knowing that you got to give somebody like a couple hours of escape into a world that, you know, was fun and different. And, you know, yeah. that, that alone is like such a great feeling. Um, why I think people connected to it. I don't know. I mean, I have theories and, you know, some of it probably is taken from what I've heard, like you said, you know, that people have told me, but I think it's a couple things. One, I think people like that, that blend of the two of the fantasy and the romance that we had talked about. Mm-hmm. It's like definitely not a super, super smutty read, which like it, it doesn't just rely on that to to be propulsive. It's also not like so aggressively world building focus that you have yeah. to like power through three chapters, like feel like a textbook to even just mm-hmm. know where you are. Mm-hmm. I struggle with books like that. I think frankly, TikTok has like shredded my attention span. So it's hard for me sometimes. I sit down to read something like I've been trying to get through Priory of the Orange Tree, which I'm sure is amazing. I can't get through it. Oh my God. Okay. Me either. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I, like an idiot, I've but tried I can't do like it. Three times and I each time I I can't. Yeah. It's just heavy. It's a lot. It's I mean, the first sentence I had to reread twice because I'm like, wait, 
who is that and and what are they? And it's no fault to the author. I mean, the book is like a major award-winning novel, like unbelievably well-regarded. It's my, it's my attention span, like it's my brain. But I wanted to give people, I think, a book that they could like jump right in, get a good sense of the world, build it over time. So I think that blend of like just the right amount of fantasy and hopefully the right amount of spice. And I think with the spice, like more romance focused than spice focused. Like I'm sure we've all picked up a book where it's like, it's a fantasy world. And then they're like immediately having sex in the forest and you're like, cool, but this is, you know, I I think that like, yeah, the romance is the fun, you know, the flirtation and the will they, won't they, and the chemistry that builds between them and the banter. I mean, they don't even like discuss branches, you know, like the the thorns (laughs) that could get in places. Like, come on. Nobody wants that. Nobody really wants, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think that that is a big part. I also think that like, they're another kind of blend. It's like familiar enough that it's sort of scratching the itch of some stuff. I think we all love the dark academia, the, mm-hmm. you know, witches and fae and, you know, dragons and, and creatures that, you know, you've sort of come to expect castles. You've come to expect, you yeah. know, certain tropes and places and moods that you're looking for, but then also kind of different and original takes on like Fae and world building and setting up kind of systems that you haven't read before. I think that that blend is helpful because when it's like too familiar, you're bored. And when it's too new, you're kind of like, is this really what I wanted? I yeah. I understand that because there was definitely a point. And again, I hope I hope this isn't a spoiler, but I, I like to read while my roommate plays Zelda because it's like peaceful music for me. <gasps> Wait, I also love Zelda. Oh, I like watching her play Zelda. So I like you should play Zelda too. For a separate conversation, but it's (laughs) it's very peaceful to read to it. And but like there was one point where I like so whenever there's be moments, I just like put my book down and just be like, oh my god, this happened. We just did a who did this to you. We just got a who did this to you. And it's like a thing that we all know and love. But again, you do it in a way that it makes it. Feel feels original. original where i'm like oh, you guys it just <laughs> happened but you know it goes back to what you're saying like at the end of the day it's the world building right like if i can mm-hmm. believe the world and i can believe the plot then i can believe you know these 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 moments that like i eat up and i just absolutely adore and you know some authors definitely <laughs> spend a lot of time with their world building but it's like too much to consume but at the mm-hmm. same time evandale 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 i by the way say evandale in my mind okay. but nobody i've ever talked to says that right, so i well, think like the people have chosen and it's evandale no no we're going with what you say i get bullied no no i don't i'm not the reader i <laughs> i have no author. idea <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> even Dale, even Dell, even Dell, even Dell feels it feels convincing without it being overbearing and without the like overbearing world building details. Like it just, you know, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. There's dragons. I'm here. You didn't have to explain this to me. <laughs> yeah. How do you strike that balance when writing? I don't know. I feel like this podcast, I'm like, man, I'm so self-involved because the answer to all the questions are just like, it's what I like. like so it's I'm what just I really wrote. good at it. But you are. <laughs> you are no, good no, at no. it. No, I actually was not. No, I mean, like, it's just I write the thing that I would enjoy. You know, yeah. it's like 
I don't like super complex world building where I have to like flip pages back to try to remember like, does the mage or the wizard, like I don't want, you know, that much mental pressure, but I also don't want to be like spoon fed something stupid. So I try to, you know, strike that balance for myself when I'm writing and then, you know, hope that's what readers want to. I think another thing is like two things. One, trying to craft a world that makes sense based on like the logistics, like of our world. Like if you ever listen to Brandon Sanderson talk about like how he creates religions in his writing, so much of it is like tied to our, you know, modern day understanding of like different religions and how, what they have in common and what different like locations have made the same thing be interpreted differently. You know, I think that like trying to think about that when it comes to, you know, like there are little things, and I don't think these are spoilers. Um, if these are spoilers, no, no, go you can ahead. Tell out. us any spoiler you want. <laughs> no, by the way, you're, I'm going to disappoint you because it's not a juicy spoiler. But like, you know, Arwen's mom is often, you know, scolding her children for for their language because she'll say bleeding stones or like holy stones because their town or their you know kingdom is one of the more like devoutly religious kingdoms mm-hmm. and that's based on like where it is geographically in the map because if you yeah. look the ones that are like more coastal or that have more like trade ports you know they're they're you know they prioritize you know things above religion unlike this town which like really prioritizes like you know holiness and the deities and the stones. So, and like, you know, again, maybe spoilers, probably not, you know, later you'll find like different people that they meet along their journey, believe in different things that are similar, but they're different because of where, you know, those towns were and what those, you know, political systems were. So I try to center my world building around stuff like that, like things that feel similar to our modern day world. And then the other, you know, sort of element of the world building is like piecemeal it, you know? Like there's like one line in the beginning that like this kingdom might have, you know, beasts and it's sort of like, haha, yeah, that's like the boogeyman. Sure. And then later you learn that that's true. And then mm-hmm. in the next book we learn to what extent. And then, you know, maybe later in that book we learn why this, you know, kingdom has all those beasts or, or why they're there, whatever. So yeah. I think not just like info dumping too, too much mm-hmm, too soon mm-hmm. makes it easier. It's almost like levels. It's like yeah. oh, leveling up just a little bit. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. It makes so much sense though, to like almost start, start in the thing that forms our world and that's religion mm-hmm. and politics. Yeah. And yeah. if you can kind of have that established, then our minds already made to just like fall into that. And it makes sense mm-hmm, that totally. a coastal town would get you know get more visitors would hear more point of views so mm-hmm. everything you just totally. said was one big like oh yes that makes that makes sense makes a lot of sense <laughs> oh yeah. i'm so glad and and i think also like you know it's it's so important to also like not not like rank anything you know it's like yeah. none of these towns like or none of these kingdoms or none of these communities are like lesser or more because like they understand the religion better or because they understand the trade better because they have a better army or because they I don't know. are Amber's his family. Pissed me off so they can like, fuck <laughs> off if I'll get they they have a no they've angry they yeah they they don't have a great they don't have great leadership at the current <laughs> moment but it's like constant fall if you're like a halloween girly that's a pretty cute place to live Damn, yeah, that's true. true that's true <laughs> I do love I do love autumn. My sinuses are so much I better there. My autumn. allergies can handle it. 
even people in medieval times, they had allergies. So you're not alone. Truth. That's that. I never thought about it, but you're right. <laughs> I'm going to think about that a lot tonight. <laughs> yeah. I too. <laughs> so we, you touched on Kane a little bit earlier when you were talking about your brainstorm with your fiance, now husband, as you were developing this book. And Jack and I have talked about it. We loved reading Kane. He's the perfect mix of tall, dark, broody, possessive, but also <laughs> sweet on the inside. I would call him a Tootsie Pop. He's like crunchy totally. on the outside, chewy on the inside. Totally. He's a Tootsie Pop. But also, as we kind of talked about in our pre-talk before we were recording, it's like so cruel. Things get spicy <laughs> and then you just like shred us apart. Um, and so was this during our – yes, it was during our pre-talk. You talked about drawing it out and that so that was was that always the intention um or was there a different inspiration for the relationship that Kane and Arwen have Yeah um it was always the intention they were never going to sleep together in this book um <laughs> I needed that second half of that sentence <laughs> They were never going to sleep oh together <laughs> Wait what Okay in this book I, okay, not, I can't say anything about anything else all I can say is that there was, I didn't want them to have sex in this first book because I, (laughs) I love, love, love a slow burn. I want these people to want to like claw their eyes out. They want each other so badly. I want that in my TV shows, in my movies, in the books that I read. I want it in my own relationship. You should ask my husband. I'm like, (laughs) you have to work for this. That is the fun. I love the chase. I want the drama. It's toxic. I don't care. That's what I'm like into. Yes. Um, And I get so, I'm so disappointed when like immediately whatever couple I'm shipping and whatever thing I'm watching or reading, like get together too quickly Mm-hmm. Because no matter how much the you know creators think they can sustain the chemistry, mm-hmm. it always dwindles a little bit. And I think about a lot why, as I'm sure you guys do, like why everybody loves A Court of Mist and Fury, why it's like the gold yeah. standard of books in this genre. Obviously, reasons there are a million reasons, and chief among them probably like incredible, you know, writing and world mm-hmm. building and characterization and people that you, you know, characters you just love so deeply, you feel like you know them like your own, you know, family. Yeah. But also, you're building towards her. Wait, I'm not, okay. I can spoil this. Obviously, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Um, you're building towards Feyre and Rysan getting together from the moment she lays eyes on him in the first half of the first book. Yeah. Like that is a slow burn. Whether you yep. knew you were rooting for it or not, that is like. I don't know if you're Game of Thrones fans, but like you're, when you're building towards like Jamie Lannister, not even with Brienne, but like becoming warm and soft, like yeah. you're building to that from the pilot. He pushes a kid out a window and yes. they're like, we're going to create, we're going to build towards this being a guy that you find hot. Like yeah. mark mm-hmm. my words. Mm-hmm. So that I think is a huge part of why that book is so good because like you're slowly building on the chemistry. You're dismantling this like monstrous persona of him. Every time he says something a little nice or like a little sweet, you just melt and that's what I love. So I really wanted to to play with that with Kane. Like I wanted you to, you know, not even know who he is initially, meet him in one way, then understand him through a whole different light again, like without spoilers. You know, I think I was always really drawn to that Tootsie Pop thing. Like I mm-hmm. wanted him to feel, you know, frightening, but like not phony. That's why I think also mm-hmm. like a lot of what she thought of him had to be her own you know, perception, not that he like acted like a jerk. And then for the back half of the novel, suddenly like wasn't a jerk anymore, you know? Yeah. And so that I think was important 
I liked, you know, building the tension. I am enjoying building the tension in the second book. I won't say more about that, but I, that is, is something that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I always, I always wanted to play with that. And I think I also really wanted to create a character that was going to bring out all those things we talked about, you know, in Arwen, like who would be the kind of person to help her on that journey. It's in one of your TikToks, which is funny because I I saw the TikTok after I read it. You compared them to Damon and Elena from Vampire Diaries. And then the second and you had like a scene like kind of playing out. And immediately I was like, yep, that's (laughs) that's okay. I am like I already I already figured. But at the same time, like that is exactly who it is. Like you're building up for the motel scene when they're running to each other with Florence and the Machine playing in the background never let me go (laughs) I think about that scene a lot (laughs) daily daily yes yeah yeah exactly um I think they're probably the closest comp like in media to Arwen and Kane I mean they're different I think but they're still so different like they're close but they're still so different Totally. But I think it's it's a really good comparison in that like Damon is he is not actually like once you finish the show, like you you know that all the things that he did that seemed so bad, they all kind of ended up making sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they weren't wrong, but you understood where they came from rather than, let's say, Spike from Buffy, if anyone who watches a Buffy mm-hmm. fan like that was a, an actual evil person who became unevil through mm-hmm. lots of different, you know, for lots of reasons. But I think that that that's, was the character I wanted to play with with Kane was somebody that like, you know, all their choices, all that impulsivity and selfishness and self-hatred was coming from somewhere that, you know, eventually we could understand. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love him. Which just makes him easier to love, really. It's true. Like, oh, I you're just a big misunderstood baby. I yeah. I know. Oh, he's not, so cute. I'm not going to lie. I was like <laughs> kind of hoping you're like, no, he's absolutely based on this real person who I know who's single and is looking for someone <laughs> who is uh, oh my God. blonde, your height, a little extra curvy. <laughs> what? Me? I wish. <laughs> That's so- you are not actually the first person who said to me like, is this based on someone? And can you introduce me? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I was like, it's it's super not. It's no. fiction. It's it's not. Oh, uh, one of our other like Amy and I are like one of our other favorite books that we've read is a uh, Kingdom of Exiles by S. V. Nova. That's another great fantasy slow burn. If you've cool. ever yeah. highly yeah, like writing this down, yeah, I highly recommend it. And she has like a brotherly character, and she said to us that it's based off of a real person. We're like, hold up. You're like, and can I have his number? Hello. So like, <laughs> like, I'll take him. Like he's he may not be the romantic lead, but I will still take him. I, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm romantically yes. interested. Yeah. <laughs> he is my romantic lead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So okay, I'm excited. I need I need more books on my TV. Highly, highly, highly recommend. She's fantastic. We interviewed her last year, and she's she was great, A darling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how cool. Okay, I'll read the book and then I'll listen to the interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're gonna take a slight. <laughs> turn uh from the train of thought because i don't have a cool segue for this question (laughs) but for book one of the series you were with daisy press and now you're with berkeley can you tell us a little bit about your publishing journey yes so daisy press is just me (laughs) they just make you come up with a name for your publishing thing and i um like daisies and that is that i have nothing interesting behind that um i also liked it like you know pressing flowers in a book Mm -hmm. which is something i I got daisies Um, here 
Oh my god! Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, that's like a if we've come full circle. Yeah. Oh, that was my um, nails. They missed the pre-talk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, like no one but can have, see what I'm so doing. I showed my nails, guys. That was what it was, <laughs> and they're beautiful. Thank you. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I I self-published it, um, which was not actually too difficult. Like, there's a lot of great resources um, on online and on Reddit. And I was able to sort of figure it out. Amazon has made it, you know, pretty easy. Um, I sound like I'm like sponsored by Amazon. I'm super <laughs> not. I just was not. It's not, I want to encourage people who want to do it to go for it because it yeah. wasn't too hard. Um, honestly, the harder part was getting it to, you know, after I self-published it, it was like, okay, now you have to do all your own marketing. Mm-hmm. And that Making the TikToks was was fun and that sort of helped. But I think at the time I only had maybe like a thousand followers. It wasn't like I had like a huge, you know, following. But then I think the what I really wanted to do was just get it to people who could talk about it. So I pretty much, like I sent to you guys, I pretty much just like wrote a, an email to every single like Instagram you know, a uh, blogger and TikToker that read these kind of books and basically was like, I wrote this thing. I think it could be up your alley based on the stuff you like. I'll yeah. send you a free copy with like no no pressure, no anything. You don't have to read anything. If you read it, great. And if you like it and want to talk about it, great. That's all. Like mm-hmm. that's it. And obviously like half of those people are really busy and they don't get it and goes to spam and they don't respond. But the other half, because you know, the book world, especially the fancy romance TikTok world is such a like wonderful community. These people were so kind and everyone was like, thank you so much. would love to check it out. Most of them read it and, and often had really lovely things to say and posted about the book, which is, was like, honestly, it's how the book got to be what it was. So I was incredibly grateful. Um, And then it's kind of a, a weird story. I, how did this even end up happening? I have a friend, like I said, I work in, you know, movies and TV. So I have a friend who works in media rights, which is like the business of, you know, adapting or like Mm -hmm. getting books and getting books and articles and podcasts to the people who turn them into movies and television. And I didn't tell anybody, like nobody knew because I write under this pen name. So we were just at dinner and I was like, I was like crazy to tell you, I wrote a book and people are reading it. (laughs) And she was like, you have to give me, you know, your book because this is the kind of stuff I like, whatever. So she read the book and she really liked it. And she's like, my, you know, I, my professional opinion is like, you should get a book agent. Um, and at the time I had started getting a lot of emails from like audio, audio rights people and foreign rights people and translators Mm -hmm. and wanted to do press stuff. And I was, I was just like in over my head and had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So I sent everything to this, this girl, my friend, and she basically was like, you need an agent. So she sent the book to one agent. She was like, this is the person that you should work with. This is what she does. She's the best in the business. Like, mm-hmm. I won't even tell her you're my friend. I'm just going to send her the book. I had zero hope that this person was going to represent me. I was like, the odds of this are slim to none. And like, you know, whatever, three weeks later, she was like, Taylor loved your book. She wants to like meet with you. Oh, oh my God. It was so like cool. the, maybe the best call I ever got in my life. Yeah. I was beside myself. Um, by the way, I also did not play it cool when I met with this agent. I was like, <laughs> I, I love you and I love all the people you rep. And I don't know, I was like, did not have it together. Um, and I met with her and she was really wonderful. And she brought another member for team Sam and Sam was amazing too. And they basically were like, we think, you know, your book will be successful in the space and we would love to find you a publisher. And, um, I signed with them and they took my book out on submission and, that was a crazy thing because yeah. very quickly there were like there was a lot of interest and a lot of really kind words and we ended up um, having sort of some really incredible options and um, went with sort of like 
my dream pick, which was Berkeley, um, oh. which is like, you know, they published uh, for me, like most of my favorite books, both in like the fantasy and romance and the yeah. blended space. Um, and my editor, Christine, is like a genius and a lovely person. And she also is a Buffy fan. <laughs> and it just, it was like kismet. It felt, I just felt like the luckiest person in the entire world. And so we um, put that deal together and then they are going to re-release a Dawn of Onyx um, October 10th, which will yep. be the Berkeley edition. So there'll be like slight differences, but it's the same book. Um, so that'll be available in that, store or? Yes, that'll be available worldwide. I also, with this, they also, my wonderful Root team um, did these incredible deals. So there's going to be, uh, the book will be published in like tons of languages. It'll be, there'll be oh, a you know, so Spanish cool. version and Portuguese and Brazil and Italian. And um, I like don't have the list off the top of my mind, yeah. but pretty much uh, almost, I feel like everything from like Hebrew to, um, you know, Spanish, it's like, a, there's so many, there's so many languages it's being translated into. It's, I feel again, like crazy lucky. It's, it's yeah. wild. Um, and an audiobook. So that will all come out October 10th in stores everywhere online, yada, yada. And then in that edition will be uh, bonus content. And I actually don't know if I'm allowed to share what that is yet. Maybe I can. I don't know. I, I will ask my... <laughs> you, you can, if you want to say it and then we can take it out, we can. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think that I can at least just give the yeah. sort of broad strokes, but there will be a piece of like totally original bonus content possibly not from uh, Arwen's perspective. So I feel like everyone can fill in who that's from. And then um, there will be a, a excerpt from the second book as well. You know, there, so I mean, exciting. didn't you all, didn't, I mean, I don't know if I need to edit this out. We'll send all this to whoever, <laughs> but I feel like you teased in your, in one of your Instagram, I I put it in my Instagram. that there's I going to be some of his point, um, Kane's point oh, of view yeah. in book yes. two. It's fully dual POV. The ne- the second and the third is is both of their perspectives. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say yeah, that October 11th is my birthday. So <gasps> this is a birthday. This is going to be a perfect present for me. I'll be in England at the time. So I'll be you can, on my birthday, the day before my birthday, you will catch me in a bookshop and I will send you photos. <laughs> and Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. You'll buy the UK copy. Well, I, it's actually I did all of this for you. It's your birthday. Gift. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> so I didn't want to suggest it but like you know you said it so <laughs> um yeah so that that'll come out in October and then um yeah the the second book in the series will come out April 9th of um next year wow. so 6 months later and then the third and final book in the series will come out in the fall of next year as well so again That's only amazing. like six I all right. I, so not no, we're too back. bad, right? All right. We're back on track. Um, I- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no torturous weights. I mean, I have been told by everyone, like, publishing is is tough and you never know. And, you know, that's why I, I'm not giving the, like, specific yeah, date for yeah. the third book. But it'll be in the fall. And and I think that, you know, it won't be a, a terrible, terrible wait. Yeah. No. I, I mean, it will be because, like, I'll have to wait. But it won't be <laughs> a long, terrible wait. It won't be two and a half years or whatever. It won't case. be a no, certain no, other no, no. author who said 18 <laughs> months and then she made it freaking longer. <laughs> she who will not be named. Estria. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I I used to I used to be like so devastated when that would happen. And now that I have for even like 
two seconds, but on the other side, I'm like, she's probably in revisions, okay? She's <laughs> struggling. She also had a baby, so I... She yeah, also yeah, had a baby, yeah. and nobody knew. That's it's, incredible. Yeah, I, you know, I, I get... Until I know her, I will be difficult, <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm all for it. I support that. Until it's what she would be, want. That's There you go. <laughs> truly, there you go. truly. Yeah. We're doing it for her, for Sarah. <laughs> so you did mention earlier that you've done work on TikTok to promote the book. And I really admire your just like gorilla style. Will you please read it? Will you please read it? Um, I think, you know, success doesn't come overnight. You have to put in the work and it. you've demonstrated that working and working connections and working the community has like actually brought success. As you continue promoting the book on TikTok, what's your mindset, you know, as you approach those videos? Is it about marketing or is it about being part of the community or, you know, do you have tips for other people who want to self-publish and market on TikTok? Totally. Um, those are really thoughtful questions. I, yeah, it's interesting. When I started making, just going back one step, when I made those first handful of TikToks, it was not, it was honestly not marketing. It's, it's so self-involved. I just loved my characters. I missed them. Like the book was done. And I was, I didn't tell a single person in my life except for my husband about this. Like my parents didn't know, my friends didn't know. I was like writing this book by like, not candlelight, but yeah. like by the, in the wee hours of the night on the weekends, like telling people I had a lot of work to do or like, oh, I'm going mm. to a yoga class and just like writing. You know, people like, stuck she's in a wine really cellar. into yoga lately. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's in yoga all the time, um, but she looks the same. Interesting. <laughs> um, so like I made the TikToks because I just wanted to sort of like share this world and share this story. And it wasn't like I could talk about other people. So I was actually making the TikToks long before I released the book. Like I think my first TikTok mm. came out. Yeah. My first, okay. I'm like remembering all this now. My first TikTok I posted, I think in like August and oh. I was just having fun. And some people started being like, when does the book come out? And then randomly with no intention of releasing it, I was like, winter. <laughs> like, I, no, I was like, I'm not, I, these are, are people who will never think of this TikTok again. And then it started happening so much that also was part of like beginning the journey to self-publishing. Mm. So at that time, the TikToks were really just for fun. I liked watching them with, you know, of other people's books. I liked making yeah. them. Um, once I released the book or once I like had begun the process and I had a release date, a pre-order date and all that stuff, then it really was like, okay, the TikToks are for marketing. And I would, you know, scroll the feed, my own feed and see which ones were doing well and yeah. then try to do similar stuff with mine, you know, okay, a scene and then it cuts this short or the song is trending or this, you know, trend is trending. Um, and then candidly, I really burnt out on it. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's really time consuming. Like sometimes, I mean, I would sit for like 12 straight hours making TikToks and yep. then post, you know, one a day every day for however long it took me, 24 days because I'd make a bunch. And like most of them would get, you know, something like what 3000 views like it wasn't it did not feel fruitful yeah um and i i got married 3 weeks ago that's why we keep saying you know then fiance now husband so i was like planning a wedding you know promoting a first book writing and also trying writing a second book and then also trying to get my you know publishing deal together and signing with root and that's Berkeley busy and, and working my a job. full-time job and a full-time totally. job oh my god yeah it was kind of a nightmare. And so many people in my life had no idea that I was doing this book thing. So people would be like, why are you so busy? You know, and I yeah. would have to be like, uh. 
And so at that point, the TikToks, I feel like really fell off um, and I wasn't making a lot of them. Um, And then funny enough, when I got back from my, like when my wedding was over, I realized I hadn't made one. This was maybe like three weeks ago. I hadn't made one in a while and I was like leaving for dinner. I was like, I just got to make something quickly. Like, even if it doesn't do well, I just like have to remind people that this, you know, book is out there. Yeah. So I just took like a trending sound and I did one with like the Bill Hader dancing yeah. SNL <laughs> thing. And it was my most viral TikTok I've ever done. It, it has over like 2 million. million views. Yeah, it has like yeah. a lot of... Oh, has it gone up? I haven't I checked it in a while. Yeah, I want to say it has like, you know what, now, now I have to check. Sorry. Because I don't want to... Isn't that so funny though? Like I had... No, I truly did that like getting into the car. It was such a low effort TikTok. Um, I and I honestly did TikTok. it because I thought it was I thought I, it was just so funny. I remember that. It made TikTok. me laugh. So it I'm is, so glad. Yeah, no, it's at Are you ready for this? You're at 2.9 yes. million. It's almost That's at crazy. 3 million. That is so insane. Yeah, it's I insane. When that one popped up, I was so excited and I was like, ooh. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I read you. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> You're like, I've seen it. No, I've no, seen it, it, before. Like, it made me excited. I was like, oh, wait, okay. Yeah, no, but you're right. <laughs> and that sounds right. You know, honestly, it was it was it was a great lesson in like do the thing because you like to do it. Don't do mm-hmm. it, you know, because you feel like you have to or whatever. Like the TikToks that I make because they genuinely make me laugh or because I think people will enjoy them. Or like you said, like yeah. they're for the community, a community that I love, mm-hmm. you know, those ones do a lot better than when I tell myself, like, you're not allowed to go out this weekend. You have to sit home and make TikToks. Mm. Yeah. And that's not to knock people. Like I know a lot of people do this for their living. They're full-time content creators. And I think when it's, that's your work, I think it's different, but I feel like like with cooking or writing or anything, you can feel the ones that don't feel like like that feel like they're made to chase the trend or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do marketing for my daytime job and it's in social media and, you know, early days when I had to be the one to actually do all the posting and stuff, it was just like, you'd be, people don't realize like how much content creators work to do it and how much and how hard it is. And just the, like the burnout of it. It's so, it's so easy to burn out. And, you know, even when we make our own videos, there's, I mean, when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. And all of a sudden you're just Mm -hmm. like, I'm doing all these other ones versus the times when you're like, I haven't posted in a week and a half. I guess I should do something. Mm -hmm. Totally. And it's also tough because I, um, I don't want to show my face because of this pen name. I was so, I was trying so hard to find (laughs) your face. (laughs) Okay. It's like, it's so silly because who cares? I mean, 99% of people definitely don't care, but I, I'm just so worried. I posted one a long time ago with my hand in it and somebody that I'm not that close with sent it to me and was like, is this your engagement ring? Oh. Yeah. And I had to be like, ha ha ha, I'm an author. <laughs> such a weird, <laughs> such an awkward conversation. Oh, wait, so I deleted I, it. What's your, wait, is, is Kate Golden your pen name? Yeah, that's not my name. <laughs> did I not, did I miss something? Amy, did we know no. that? Did I not know? I, I knew that. So why do I know your real name? I don't know. I don't know Kate's real name. I don't know your real name. I didn't realize we've been calling. By the way, not not recording. I will totally tell you guys. Okay, yeah, absolutely. it's not. It's totally not like a deep dark secret. It's really just because I don't want. No, I'm not ready it. yet for the people that employ me to know that I am absolutely. doing this. When I, I respect that. Be working. I respect that too. I mean, my boss knows that I have a successful yeah. podcast. His son is is our intern. Yeah. Oh, um, how funny. Oh, I but, love that. But when I start publishing, writing, that 
that will be on the down low. Like nobody yeah. it, from work is going to know about that. I thought I was like missing something. I was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like I've lied to you. <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel like you lied to me. I, <laughs> I, I was like, did I miss? I was like, is Kate Golden not on the cover? I'm like, maybe it says some, something else. And now I'm just like, I, oh, how do funny. I, I don't even know who you are now. You're like, who are we you? were planning a game night. <laughs> well, I will be there. Me and Kate. Both that will be the but first you know what? thing after we hang up. It'll be like, once this Just the recording's like, yeah. off, be like, what's your name, please? <laughs> what is your name? Um, it's, it's also, okay, this is maybe TMI, but it's also, so I think I had said, you know, if I relate to anybody that I've written, it's Mari. Yeah. And I think that Mari is very much driven by this like, almost compulsive feel fear of like failure. Like can't, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to do anything. So if I'm not good at it, like what's the point of doing it or, or what will people think? And I think it's a, you know, eldest daughter of divorced. It's like a type a thing. Like, I think I've got a lot of reasons for why I'm like that. It's not totally uncommon, but I also am just like perfectionist. Like, yeah. like anything yeah. I do, I have to do the 150% version. <sighs> and I think we hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like yeah. I'm speaking to, you know, kindred spirits. Yes. I, the pen name for whatever reason, it's so silly, takes off an enormous amount of pressure because mm. it feels like whether the book or anything I write, this book or anything else is successful or not, that's, you know, that feels like a different version of me. Yeah. And my parents don't know, or well, like they know now, but like they didn't at the time when I was writing. And if it didn't do well, I didn't feel like they would care because they wouldn't know. And that there's something I think sort of special about that. It keeps it sort of like sacred, like it's its own thing. So even if I wasn't employed anymore i think i would keep the pen name i don't know i have to think about it you know keep it (laughs) it's my vote (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean you've started a brand and it makes sense and a lot of authors do that totally i'm I'm actually more surprised at authors who use their real name than i am at authors who use a pen name especially when you're writing like porn (laughs) (laughs) especially now that i've written what i've written in the second book i'm like people that i know hold up now that is that is the teaser i want right there I think that leads yeah. to the last question. Too. Yes, that'll go. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, great. Can you give us any clues as to what we can expect from Arwen's journey or maybe have other projects in the works, you know, beyond her and her journey? But yeah, like, what can you tell us? <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> this second book and the third one are significantly, significantly spicier than Just the slow clap. Everyone, slow clap. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But I feel like anybody who loves the slow burn as much as I am, like, yeah, you love the slow burn because you love the payoff. Like, you got to make it worth it. It's better because of that. Yeah. But you still have to give them the the payoff. Yeah. Yeah, At one point, there was like three full straight chapters of Spice, like without stop. Hell yeah. And at a certain point, I was like, this is like a novella. Like, (laughs) something's got to happen here. I have to cut this down. And the way that you left off the first book implies that there's still going to be a fair amount of slow burn i don't if that's is that too spoilerly do, do we need to take no, that out okay no. i answer that like i am part of this podcast no like, no, 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 no i'm asking you like again <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> no I, that i don't think is a spoiler okay. at all. i think that um also honestly if you look at like the goodreads or any of the comments on the tiktoks people are like my heart like how could you imagine it like this so i think i think most people know what they're getting into it's yeah. it's actually i don't think such a 
a terrible cliffhanger, but yes, this their love story is not done at the end yeah. of the first book. And it definitely doesn't resolve in the first, you know, few chapters of the second. It's it's a whole new journey that they're on. Um Love it. It's really honestly, I prefer it to the first book. Okay. I think that I've I said to my friend, I was like, this feels like I think there's a couple things. A, you have his perspective, which is like, mm. to me, so hot. I'm like, I want to be in your brain and hear all the, you know, piney, lusty things you're thinking about her. Because um, a lot of the times with these grumpy people, you know, these grumpy heroes, they're like, okay. And you're like, but what are you <laughs> thinking? Like, yeah. I want to know. So there's that. And then I think also just like the level of, you know, maturity, both mm. like not just in the sex, but also they're they're growing yeah. you know and and you're you're on the journey with them um a lot more adventure a lot mm-hmm. more more worlds like we're getting out of you know the first book really you're just in amber and onyx and that's kind of it you go to peridot you know briefly at the end but this one i think you know you're getting to see a lot more of even dell which is at least to me it's exciting yeah i feel like i know the whole world so i'm like i want to share it with the rest of you so i think i feel like those are good teasers for this one uh other stuff I'm working on, I mean, the tricky thing is pu- with publishing is you just don't know, like, when these things will happen or yeah. where or, you know, when, if ever, they will be written or, you know, be published. But I have every intention of writing a book for Griffin and Mari. Get, oh, them that their was own. what I was going to. I'm okay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. They're so cute. I, yes. I call them. Marfin in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, that. I want them to have their book. They won't get a whole series, but I want them to have one book. I honestly want that so much that I think even if in some world my publishing team was like, you know, let's do something different next, I might just write it and self-publish yeah, it. Like, I, know, I want, that's the beauty I want of people it. to read it. Like, I already, if I'm I allowed to do that, yeah. question mark. I don't know if I am, but but I I love them and I want them to have their story. So like that I hope to write. Yeah. Without giving too much away, there's some things that will happen in the third book that will set up some more stories in this world, which I think will be fun. Love it. Love it. And then my sort of new baby brainchild, which is like way back in the recesses of my mind because I have this book to finish and the next one and all these other things, is a new series um, that I'm really excited about because I think the only thing I'll – tease about it is that, you know, we talked about Kane being sort of the Rysan, Damon, you yeah. know, conflicted, a good person trapped in a the body of somebody who's had to do shitty things yeah. for shitty reasons. But I also really like the girl who just falls for the like absolutely evil person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the that is an even slower burn because that person has to first become unevil before they're even capable of feeling love. Yeah. You know? It's those so are, that will like, be that story is for the girls who the girlies me, I am the girly who's like loves loves Reese, but at the same time is like he could be worse. He could have been gray. Yeah, like, I know, <laughs> yeah, like totally. he's not that gray. We could go worse. It's yeah, like we could go harder. Totally. <laughs> it's it's so fun, I feel like the all the different layers and versions of these like heroes that we love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have the broody intellectual sensitive ones and you have the ones that just are like smash, smash, like the violent yeah. ones. And like, you have, you know, all these, they're all great, but um, I have a, a soft spot for like the spike and the Eric Northman. If you're like a mm-hmm. true blood fan, like genuinely yes. evil who have oh. to, who had no intention of ever being not evil yeah. until yep. they met her. 
Yeah. You know, and yeah. then they're like, and they're almost like, like I'd go back to being evil. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had a more fantasy uh, name so I could be like, you can name them Jacqueline, but that's just not a great <laughs> name. So don't. Oh, yeah. by the way, they don't have a name yet. Maybe I'll. I'll, I will take it under advisement. I will put it in the list. I, just I have a big list of names. It's not a. It's not a. F- I call it a. Be- there's bedroom names, and it's the, like the way that I describe it is like. Can you imagine screaming this name in the bedroom? And I Jacqueline it, totally too many Jacqueline. Like it's just too many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I will say <laughs> I have a soft spot for the the anti nickname. Like I can't think of a good example now, but like. You know, we all love the guy that gives her the nickname. Oh, yeah. Or for whatever book it is. Yeah. But I like the guy who she goes by a nickname, but he only calls her by the long version of her name. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of a good example. Oh, off well, the top of my, my head. name actually, guys do yeah. that because yeah. they can't call me because I go by Jack with everyone. And any yeah. guy that I'm romantically with will typically call me Jacqueline, mainly because oh, they it. can't, they're like, I'm, you're, I don't want a boy's name like to reference <laughs> you by. Oh, that's so, so funny. So it's not out of I romantic. Think it's also like, it's out of um, homophobia, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Like it less. <laughs> <laughs> but. I like it more when it's just like he's kind of insulting her. Yeah. Like it's like, no, I like to go by, you know, Mary. And he's yes. like, okay, Marianne. Yeah. And you're like, asshole, but it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. I, yeah. I dig for whatever reason. <laughs> I get fun. it. I get it. Oh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you can find me on TikTok, uh, at Kate Golden Author with underscores in between mm-hmm. Kate and Golden. I mean, in between Kate Golden and Golden Author. And then um, on Instagram at Kate Golden Author. Um, and on my website, Kate Golden Books, okay. which should have been Kate Golden Author, but I think it was taken. Yeah, it, ha- it happens. It's vicious it out there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time and for just being a wonderful, wonderful human who yes. we oh. have enjoyed speaking to so much. Yeah. Oh my God. Thanks, guys. Likewise, this has been so fun. Thank you guys for having me. I mean, it's always, it's, I feel like it's a win that we're, I mean, for so many reasons, but it's like, oh, thank God I get to keep liking the series because you're pretty great. You're great yourself. (laughs) That's incredibly kind. And I know the feeling. Nothing worse than when you like love something and then you find out the person who made it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter. Uh, Yeah. That that was a real blow. An emotional blow for us all. No, that's when I learned I'm really good at compartmentalizing, actually. I I learned that as a teenager, but. uh... That's when I got into manacled because i'm like this is different i uh, loved manacle yeah we can we, that's it for a podcast of another time yes. yeah yeah <laughs> well i'm sure we'll have you back because i will ask it <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh thank you so we'll talk to you later bye 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 thank you for listening to this mini episode of book talk for book talk We encourage you to rate and subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We would love to hear your thoughts based on today's conversation. You can submit your comments to our form at booktalkforbooktalk.com or via our Camflare voicemail system. Please visit booktalkforbooktalk.com for more information. You can also follow us on TikTok or Instagram at the handle booktalkforbooktalk. Bye!